Well, good afternoon. How's everybody doing? You guys ready for the Word of God? Amen. Wasn't that just such a beautiful presence of God today as we worshiped? Can we just give a hand for the worship team and just the job they do? Again, I, I always want to make sure we honor all those who serve and who just contribute in so many different ways. But, you know, our, our team, a lot of you were still asleep when they were here this morning praying and sound checking and getting ready. So they usually have to get in here by about 7.15, 7.30. So we always want to honor their time and their investment and, uh, and just the heart to lead us in the presence of God. Amen. Um, before I dive in today, we're, we're going to be continuing with our prototype series. A couple quick housekeeping things I want to mention. First off, how many ladies were at the Women's Encounter the last couple days? So we got a lot. Awesome, awesome. Well, first off, I just want to honor my wife for just the amazing job that she did. I watched behind the scenes uh, in just leading and serving for the encounter. I also want to honor all of the ladies who served. I think there was like 20 volunteers and team members who came. A couple guys kind of snuck in around the outskirts as well, too. So I want to honor them. And I want to honor all of you ladies who went, because you can't lead people somewhere they don't want to go. And you were willing to pursue God and to invest your time, invest your finances, and come together. And so we just honor you. And so that leads to my second uh, kind of housekeeping item, which is this coming weekend. Gentlemen... We've got our encounter weekend. So we are excited. There we go. Thank you. We need a little bit of energy there. Victor brought the energy. Thank you, Victor. Uh, But we're really excited. And so we're going to take a moment and pray. And we're going to just pray and seal and bless what God did in his continued work in the ladies. But also, I want to ask that you pray for us as men. Because we got a bunch of guys registered. And uh, we're going to be here this coming Friday and Saturday as well. And gentlemen, remember, we've got our pre-encounter class. This is where we're going to go through some details, encourage your hearts, help you prepare this week and get ready for what God's going to do in your life. Uh, And I will say this. I said it in first service. We still have a few slots left open for the men's encounter. So, gentlemen, if you haven't signed up yet, you were negligent, you didn't get your your information, you can still sign up today. We just need you in pre-encounter today. So somebody say, sign up today. So if you want to, come and track me down after service, track down one of our leaders. We can get you on board, but it has to be today. I don't want you calling me on Tuesday going, well, you know, just et cetera. I, I, I wasn't really sure. Today is the deadline. So gentlemen, we want to encourage you and keep us in prayer in that. And the other thing, uh, I just wanted to mention, we've been so focused on encounters, we haven't said a lot about them. I'm going to talk more about them next week. But you've been noticing in our reels, we've been talking about some upcoming courses that we have here at Toronto State Church. We want to make sure as a church family that we're going deep. We're going deep in the Word of God, that we really, as the Scriptures say, study to show ourselves approved. And so we've got two courses that we are going to be running. The first one is Discipleship 101. This is going to focus on the core skills of being a disciple and really following Jesus. And so it's going to be a great course if you're newer to things, even if you've been a Christian for a while, just a sharpening course because we want to be disciples. We want to follow Jesus with all of our heart. You don't want to just be a fan, show up and kind of watch and check things out. You want to get involved. So Discipleship 101, that's going to be after service on Sundays for six weeks. And then we also have the School of Prayer. 
This is for you to go deeper in your prayer life. We've got a guest instructor, Melissa Medina. It's a virtual course, so you get the video lesson every week. You can watch it through the week. You then have homework and assignments and class interactions, and there's some things that you're going to do in that as well. So I'd invite you, you can sign up for both if you really want to take them on. Sign up for one of those courses. There's more information online. You can do that. But as I said, I want to jump right into the message. We're continuing our prototype series really talking about new things that God is doing. And so really over September, it's been a little more free-flowing. As you'll find today, we're just following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And Okay, what do we talk about? What do we focus on? But we've been talking about what God is building here at Toronto City Church. And we've been talking about our history. We've been talking a little bit about our DNA and where God's brought us from, but also the key building blocks as we go forward. And so as we've been doing for this fall season, we're going to start again in our core text, Acts 2, 42 to 47. And so if we can all stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, uh, it'll be on the screen behind you, or if you've got it on a device or your Bible in front of you, I do English Standard Version if you want the right translation. Verse 42, it says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today as a church family. Lord, in unity with all who are in first service who prayed this as well. First and foremost, Lord, we thank you for what you did on the women's encounter over the last several days. We thank you for just, again, God, every time we come with hungry and open hearts to meet with you, you meet with us. And we thank you for the encounters that happened. And Father, we pray for your continued work in every woman's life. Father, we thank you that you began a good work you're continuing a good work. You will be faithful to complete that work. We pray for your protection over the work that was done, that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Every tongue that rises against them, judgment was shown to be in the wrong. And I thank you that every woman who is on that weekend, God will continue to go deeper in you. Father, we also pray out ahead of the men's encounter weekend coming up this weekend. Father, we pray for powerful, life-changing, transformative encounters with you for every man. God, we thank you for the team that's serving, for the men who are participating. We thank you for such a move of your spirit that is going to transform and impact every life. And so we agree for this in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for the opportunity I have just to preach this word today. Lord, I thank you that I will not just share my words, but I will share your word. I pray that everyone listening will not just hear what I say, but they will hear what you say to them through what I say. I pray that we'll have eyes to see, ears to hear, and that we'll not only be hearers of this word, but we will be doers of this word. Holy Spirit, you are welcome today. Illuminate the word to us. Make it come alive. Speak to us in the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed with me, said... Amen. You can find your seat. And as you find your seat, I want you just to say this. I want you to say, praise the Lord. So as you know here in Acts 2, 42 to 47, we've been talking about different essentials, different key elements. And we've kind of got, I, I, I would say stuck, but stuck's not quite the right word. But the Holy Spirit's just sticking us right on this aspect of praise. And so as I was praying this week, I felt like we're not quite done here yet. We're not quite done talking about being a people of praise. We're not quite done talking about the power of praise. 
And so today I want to take some more time, and it's going to be just some scriptures. We're going to talk about those scriptures. And then I also want to, because I do think this is going to be the last week, at least for now, that we're focused here. I mean, we'll see. I'm trying to stay very, very kind of uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk to you about some enemies of being a people of praise that we have to make sure we overcome. Because what I believe is this was not just meant to be a nice set of messages on praise and get us kind of hyped up and get us excited about praise. But my prayer is that this has been a shift in us as a church family to move deeper in praise. And this will be a shift in your life personally that you will walk in a greater dimension of praise to the Lord and that you will live that out and that we will see the fruit of that in the weeks to come. And so I want to talk to you as well. I want to really, we're going to talk a little bit about some enemies that you have to guard against. Some things that are going to come up or some things that do come up that want to stop you in this. So let's start first and foremost in Psalm 149. Now this is a powerful psalm about praise. It gives us so much insight and revelation. I actually meant to get to it last week, but just the way the message went, I never got there. So let's read Psalm 149 together, literally the whole psalm. Praise the Lord. Come on, everybody say praise the Lord. It says, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and the two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the judgment written. This is the honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Everybody say it again. Praise the Lord. Now, I just want to work through this passage verse by verse, and I want to encourage us in some things that I believe God would say to us from it today. The first thing obviously begins with praise the Lord. And I want to remind you again that praise is a command from God. Praise is not something that is meant to be optional. Praise is not something that is only for a few selective, very creative, very artistic believers who can really sing. And they're the ones who are called to praise. We are all called to praise. And as we talked about it several weeks ago, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If you have breath in your lungs, you are capable and called to praise the Lord. Everybody say praise the Lord. But I love this part here where it says, sing to the Lord a new song. I believe, and there'll be just some prophetic edge in some of what I'm saying today. I believe that one of the reasons God wants us to focus on praise and why praise is so important is new season. I mean, there's so many elements. But I believe one of the things is God has called us as a church, even he wants to release new songs. And he wants to release new music out of Toronto City Church. That there's a creative call on this church. And there's things that he wants to do through this church that we need to believe big that can touch and bless the nations. And I believe one of the things in that is going to be through worship. It is going to be through praise. It is going to be through music. And I believe that there's so many new songs from heaven that God wants to release. But here's one of the keys. Those songs are released in communities, in spiritual families that are already being faithful in praise. Why would God give new songs of praise to people who don't praise? Amen. Why would he release creativity and insight 
and just all what he wants released to people who don't even praise him. And so one of the reasons why I believe God is calling us and taking us deeper in prayer is because of our destiny. It's part of who we're supposed to be. But in the scriptures, when you're faithful with little, you're made ruler over much. If we won't even engage with being people of praise with the simplest songs, then why would God release the new songs to us? But I believe in this day there are new songs. There are new songs of praise. There are new songs that are to be written. And part of what impacts me from this passage as well is even in remember, praise is a corporate thing, which we'll talk about in a few moments, but it also needs to be a personal thing. Do you have your personal praise life before the Lord? And even in that, we don't necessarily have to have a band and all these songs, and it's great. You can throw on YouTube videos, and you can praise God. You'll put on your music, whatever you do. But there's something as well in the Holy Spirit where God wants to give you new songs to the Lord. They don't necessarily even need to rhyme. You don't need to sing really well. But there's something powerful when you, by the Holy Spirit, in your life, sing your song of praise to God. When you declare your praise, even if it's not a song and it's just a declaration, but you praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. And so God's doing something in new songs. And I even feel for many of you listening to me today, maybe some people tuning in online, there's a grace on you to write. There's a grace on you for new songs to be released. But the way that you position yourself for that is you become a praiser. Because God is going to entrust new songs of praise to those who praise. And it's interesting because even now we talk about it, and Pastor Sam and I have discussed it, Pastor Sharon, some of the other people in our creative worship department. Right now, it's interesting in that there's a lot of worship songs happening. There's a lot of worship. But when it comes to high praise, there's not as much out there right now. And I believe that God is getting ready to release fresh songs of praise. But again, it's to people who praise. And when we make that, now the second thing that I see from this passage, I love the same verse. It says, his praise in the assembly of the godly. So we want to grow in our personal life of praise. But I also feel, even out of this season we've been in, never forget the power of corporate praise. Never forget the power of praising God in unity. We need to praise him in the assembly of the godly. And when we learn to praise God in the assembly of the godly, when we learn to gather, you know what, we were doing it today. And even as we were singing and declaring, you're holy, you are holy. And I saw, looked around, I saw so many people just engaging and in worship and in praise. But when we do it together, something powerful happens that cannot happen when we're by ourselves. Now, I'm not taking away from ourselves. There's powerful things that can happen when we're on our own. But there's something about togetherness, as we've talked about. There's something about praising God in the assembly. And I want you to hear this this afternoon. Your voice matters. Your voice. When we praise God, you might think, well, I'm just sitting here three quarters of the way back. I don't even sing very well. But I want you to understand today, your voice matters. If you do not praise, there's something that is missing in the praise that we're lifting up today. You know, when the Bible talks about unity, because there's this power of praise and unity. You know, when it talks about, I think it's Psalm 133, how blessed it is when brothers dwell together in unity. That word unity, if you study out the language, the original language, that word unity is very connected to the word harmony. Now, what is harmony? I'm not the most musical person in the world. But harmony is where you have different voices and different sounds that blend together to make a sound that none of them could make by themselves. 
Harmony is not everyone with the same sound and the same note singing in the same way. Harmony is actually different people with different sounds and different notes blending together to create a sound that nobody could create by themselves. So when the Bible talks about unity, that's what it's talking about. It's not uniformity. It's not all being the same. It's actually each one of us bringing who we are, who God's made us to be, the sound that we bring, and then together we make a sound that none of us could make on our own. Now, let's bring that back to the place of praise. Your praise matters. Your praise to God. It's because your sound is part of the sound of what's coming up from this place. And when you sing and when you praise, when you worship, you bring an important piece that nobody else can bring. You realize today that when we have worship, you're not the audience, right? Now, so as you see, a lot of times what we look at is the worshipers are on stage, we're the audience. They sing, they worship. No, guys, who's the audience on Sunday morning? But point right up there. He's the audience. He's the one. So when we come, I want us to change this perspective. You're not coming for a concert. You're not coming to watch the worship team do a really great job in worship. You are the worship team as well. So I just want to make an announcement this morning. Welcome to the worship team at Toronto City Church. All right, welcome to the worship team because the audience is of one. It's him and your song. Can you imagine if we're there? Like, how would you feel? Get your amazing teams on stage. Miranda's leaving, leading, and then you got somebody over here is on the worship and they're just standing here doing nothing. Wouldn't that look weird? You're like, what are they doing? Why are they on stage? What's the point? They're just sitting here doing nothing. That looks so strange. But if God's the one we're singing to, and we're all part of the team. How many know every one of us, our part matters? You say, well, I can't sing. Doesn't matter. If you don't sing, maybe never get on the mic. But bring your peace right from where you are. Because it matters to God. It's beautiful to Him. And something is missing if you hold back your praise. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. The next thing I love this verse too, it says, let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Family, the third reason I'm feeling today why God's dealing with us about praise and courageous praise, he wants to bring a fresh wave of joy and he wants to bring a fresh wave of gladness here to Toronto City Church. Part of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But what I want you to understand, and I was seeing it more than ever, even as we were preaching and talking about it today, is that there is something connected between joy and gladness and praise to God. There is something, but when we praise, it stirs up the joy. Go on, some tell your neighbor, stir it up. We got NBA fans in the house today. NBA, glad Raptors are back. NBA's back. Had a little bit of a rough start, but it's okay. It's just three games in. But I remember that, um, you know, the, some of you wouldn't know basketball as well, but there's a, uh, one of the kind of stars in the NBA, James Harden. And, and for one year, he's like, he scored all kinds of points, all kinds of stuff. Now I know he's loved and he's hated by some. I'm not getting into a James Harden debate, NBA fans, all right? But here's what James Harden used to do James Harden would hit a big bucket, he'd hit a big basket, he'd make a nice move. And for a while, he'd go back down the court, and his signature celebration was he'd be stirring it up. And so he'd be stirring up. Well, I want to encourage you, when you praise God, you stir up joy. 
When you praise God, you stir up a spirit of gladness. It talks about how Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness more than his brother. You know Jesus was filled with joy? Do you know Jesus was a lot of fun to be around? Because of religious mindsets, I think most of us see Jesus as very serious and very somber. And you know, Jesus was fun. He knew when to be serious, when he needed to be serious. But he was filled with gladness, and he was filled with joy. And I believe that God is calling us in this new season where he's saying, I want to pour out the oil of gladness into your life. I want you to be filled with joy, not a joy that is based on your circumstances or your situations, but a joy that is based on my goodness in your life. And one of the ways that you stir up joy is through praise. Come on, somebody say, stir it up. See, when we praise God, and especially when we come together, it stirs up joy. A lot of times we keep waiting to feel joyful so we praise. But God's saying, no, listen, learn to praise me so you stir up joy. And those moments when you don't feel joy, those moments when you don't feel gladness, when those moments when you don't feel like doing anything else, those are the moments that you most need to praise. Because God is serving joy. I actually just want to pray this right now. How many of you, God wants to just release an oil of gladness, a fresh joy? If that's you, I just want you to hold your hands out before the Lord right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you as we continue to respond to you in the place of praise. I thank you for an oil of gladness. I thank you for joy unspeakable, full of glory, the joy of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Teach us to live in joy. Teach us to conquer in joy. God, this is going to be an amazing adventure, God, because you called us to have this joy. But I thank you that we enter into this joy. We stir up the joy by praising you. Come on, everybody say, stir it up. up. Now, that's the next part. It says, praise his name with dancing. Make melody to him with tambourine and lyre. One of the things that I think we're going to see, God wants to release new songs of praise. I feel like there's a fresh wave of joy and gladness that God wants to bring. But I also believe in that there's going to be a fresh wave of creativity in all the different ways we can praise God. If you look through the scriptures, there's so many ways to praise God. And we sometimes, I guess we just get in this mindset, we think it just means standing in church and singing a song. But there's so many ways, even in this. Do you know that you can praise God with your clap? That's actually Bible. Like we don't just clap to keep rhythm or to show people I'm good. I can clap on the second and the fourth beat. I've got some rhythm here or whatever else. That actually your clap, if you have the right heart behind it, can be a praise to God. Do you know that you praise God through lifting holy hands? Right? That's another thing. That's why we do that. Do you know that you can praise God on the instruments? You can praise God in the dance. There is so much where we do it as unto the Lord that God is going to release new songs, but he's also releasing fresh creativity. And I believe we need to even be praying over the next gen here at Toronto State Church. And the kids come up because I believe there's some wild things that God wants to release, some creativity that is going to be praising God. Right? It says, let everything that has breath. Come on, let everything that has breath. And so God is going to release fresh creativity that we praise him with everything that we have. You know, I love this in verse 4. It says, for God takes pleasure in his people and he adorns the humble with salvation. You always think about this. I thought, man, praise really is about humility, isn't it? Let me explain to you what I mean. We get used to many times because we come in here in church and, okay, we're praising God. But if you really praise 
And we'll, we're going to talk about pride in a second. You got to put your pride down. You got to set your pride aside because pride says this is all about me. Pride says I want to look good. Praise says this is for the Lord. I'm praising him. And what I've come to understand, and I've even watched it during my life because I've been on an interesting journey with this. I love to praise God. It is not my natural personality. I tend to be conservative, laid back. I'm definitely not the person who's out there dancing, moving around. None of that. That's just not my personality at all. But I came to understand early on that my praise was not about my personality. My praise was about him. And I realized that I always had to guard against pride in my heart. And one of the best things that I could do is take a heart like David that says, I will become even more undignified than this when I praise the Lord. Why? Because what I'm doing is I'm humbling myself. I'm saying, hey, this isn't about me. If we, I, Listen, if we come into service on Sunday, is it about God or is it about you? Because if it's about God, I'm going to praise If it's about me, I want to look cool. If it's about God, I'm going to give him everything I have. If it's about me, I kind of check, well, how do I feel today? What do I think? Notice I, I, I. And see, but when I choose to praise, I'm choosing humility. I love where it says, he he takes place, he adorns the humble with salvation. Uh, Number five says, let God exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I love this phrase, sing for joy. Now, there is an element of this that definitely means when you're joyful, you sing. But I want you to understand this season, God is looking for people who are going to sing for joy. Remember, stir it up. Joy is going to be stirred up. Gladness is going to be stirred up. But we make a decision and say, I'm going to sing for joy. I'm going to sing for what God is doing. I'm not going to be a thermometer where I reflect the temperature, but I'm going to be a thermostat where I set the temperature. See, thermometers come into a worship service and go, well, okay, it's kind of dead today. Yeah, okay, I just don't really feel it. I'm not really feeling the vibe. But all of a sudden, the vibe gets big. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm feeling this. I'm praising. Thermostats come in and go, man, it's a little cold in here. Let's get this heat up. And if you notice, when my thermostat, if the temperature in my house is 17 degrees, I want to go to 22. I turn the dial to 22. It's not 22 yet. So some people say, oh, that dial's lying. That dial says it's 22, but it's not 22. It's still 17. No, listen, that dial is telling the atmosphere where to go. And so in the same way, you've got to start learning through your praise to set the atmosphere, through the praise to tell it where it needs to go. And sometimes that means you got to push outside of what's comfortable. It's easy. You got to start stirring it up. But you say, no, 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 we're not going to we're not going to give God a weak praise today. If anybody, I myself, I'm going to give God my very best praise. But see, thermostats always set the temperature for others. Why? Because there's the corporate experience to praise and all it takes is a few fire starters who just go all out for Jesus and the fire starts to spread to everybody else. Right? It's a little bit like straight up it's positive peer pressure. It is, right? You set the tone. But see, we sing for joy. Everybody say sing for joy. See, God wants this to be a season of joy, but we need to make the decision to sing for joy. It's funny, actually, Emmanuel and I were laughing about something this week. He's telling me a story that Jeremy Pearson's told. Jeremy Pearson's is a pastor in the States. He's the grandson of Kenneth Copeland. And he had said something. He said, man, when we were kids, we go to school and some kid hadn't been there for a couple days. 
He's like, we say to the kid, oh, where were you? What happened? The kid said, oh, I wasn't feeling well. So my mom told me I could stay home so I could rest and get better. And I'm not against resting and getting better, especially with all we've gone through for the last couple of years. He said, in our household, we tell our mom we're not feeling well. She said, oh, yeah? She said, go get your Bible. Let's get our Bibles out. She go, what does the Bible say? By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Come on, speak this with me. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Come on, we're not giving in to this sickness. We're believing God. Let me go get the anointing oil. They go, oh, no, not the anointing oil. Right? I mean, there's a totally different perspective where, again, I'm not preaching against staying home if you're not feeling well. But the point is, we need more of that in our life. We need more of, we say, what does God say? What does the word say? Listen, when you praise, it shifts the atmosphere. Like even now you're there and you can struggle and things are hard and you're not feeling all, but you just start, God, I praise you today. God, I praise you and I worship you today. God, I praise you because you are the God of all gods. God, I praise you because you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the Lord, my provider. God, I praise you because you are my protector. You watch over me. You take care of me. No weapon formed against me will prosper and every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be shown to be in the wrong. God, I praise you because you've got a good plan for my life. And even if I don't know what's going on, right now you know what's going on and I trust you and I follow you God I praise you because you saved me God I praise you because I can talk today God I praise you and all of a sudden you can feel the atmosphere that starts to shift but see too many of us depend on a pastor or a worship leader to shift the atmosphere when God has given you the ability to shift the atmosphere through your praise come on somebody say praise the Lord and so there's this element of that. And then the last part, so funny in this song. So interesting. So the first half of the psalm is it's just like so beautiful. Praise the Lord. Sing a new song. Be glad in your maker. Praise him with the lyre and harp and tambourine. You know, all this. And all of a sudden you get into verse 6. It says, let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations, punishment on the people, to bind their kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written this the of God. Now, David is hardcore, but this to me seems like a really big shift. Anybody else notice that beside me? It's like we're talking about praising God and how good God is, how God and wonderful God is. He's like, let's go take our swords and execute vengeance on the nations. And so obviously in David's context, praise was part of warfare. But in the New Testament context, here's what I want you to see. Praise is spiritual warfare. And that's one of the reasons why I think God is emphasizing this so much to us family. Your praise is actually one of the weapons in the arsenal that God has given you for the warfare that you face, for the warfare that will come in the future. Listen, you've got to understand, God didn't give us armor so we can march in parades and look pretty. God gave us armor because there is an enemy, there is a mission in the kingdom of God, and there is spiritual warfare that we're called to. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, you got to learn how to function in kingdom warfare. And the best part about kingdom warfare is that you half the time don't even focus on the enemy. You just praise God and God deals with the enemy. But I want to encourage you in that right now. That's what he's talking about here. When you praise, there's a two-edged sword that comes into your hand to deal and to attack whatever the enemy's trying to do against your life. Moms and dads, listen, sometimes you're worried about what's going on with your kids. You need to start praising God and get that two-edged sword to start making the devil's life miserable with the attacks he's trying to bring. 
If you look at the situation around, when we praise, there's actual warfare. When you're under attack yourself, some of you know what it's like to feel in your mind and to feel in your heart this warfare. Learn to praise and learn to praise God. I know to some of you it just sounds so counterintuitive. That doesn't make any sense. How is praising God going to help me? But when you praise God, what it actually does is it puts a sword in your hand and it executes, it binds up the enemy and what he is trying to do. Come on, somebody say, Praise the Lord. Lord. Come on, say it again, Praise the Lord. And that's why I think it's so important for us as a church that we go deeper in praise. Because part of what God will lead us into, and we're always led by the Holy Spirit, but there's going to be weeks that become like warfare Sundays. And one of the main ways we are going to warfare, all church prayers, things like that, is through our praise to God. But that's why it's so important that we actually engage in praise. If we sit back and we're just watching and we're not even really participating, we are missing out on what God's trying to do. Come on, somebody say it again. Praise the Lord. Lord. Let's look at another verse here. Isaiah 61, verse 3. Isaiah 61, verse 3. Give me a second. Grab. God, remember, I keep forgetting to bring my towel. It's getting hotter in here now. Start sweating all over the place. All right. Isaiah 61, verse 3 says this. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now we've talked about this verse in different contexts. It's a well-known verse in this. But here's what most of us want to do with the spirit of heaviness. We want God just to take it away. Feel down, feel discouraged, feel just you know, run out by things. How about you? I just want God to take it away. I just want God to make me feel better. God, can you just take this away from me? But God said, no, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In other words, I'm handing you what you need to overcome heaviness, and that's going to be praising me. I'm not just going to necessarily come in. There's times where God moves in different ways. But you know, usually I'm not coming in and just going to pull it away from you. I'm giving you the sword. I'm giving you the opportunity. And when you learn to praise me, you can overcome whatever heaviness is there through the power of praise. I love this part too, because the English standard version gives you a little bit of a different spin on the Hebrew word. It says to grant to those who mourn in Zion, To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting Lord, that he may be glorified. Family, I love this. So it's the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, but it's also the garment of praise for a faint spirit. It's the garment of praise that deals with weakness. It's the garbage. I don't know where there's been times where I've ministered or when just life is hard. You know, you poured out so much and you feel faint and you feel weak. God says, if you will learn to put on the garment of praise, that will bring a strength into you that is supernatural. There is a strength that comes from praising God. We become like oaks of righteousness. Oaks are solid, firm trees that stand up to so much pressure. God wants you to be an oak of righteousness. But God said, you will be this oak of righteousness as you learn to praise me. 
And family, hear this. Don't wait until you don't feel heavy anymore to praise. Learn to praise and put that garment on when you feel heavy and learn to shift the atmosphere. Learn to stir things up. Why? So then you walk in victory. You don't have to wait for a service. You don't have to wait for some preacher or some pastor's word. You can stir it up yourself. How? Through putting on the garment of praise. I love this last thought. Some, uh, well, let me say a story. Uh, I mentioned Jeremy Pearson, Kenneth Copeland. I remember Gloria Copeland had told something once that always stuck with me. She, they do meetings and she'd do a healing school on Saturday morning. So she'd teach for a while on healing. And then they just lay hands and pray for people. And she said, by the end of it, I remember her in her talk about it, she said, I would be exhausted. And some of you know, it's like, like when you preach, when you preach from your heart, it can wear you out. When you're laying hands and ministering to people and praying for people, by the end of it, you can just feel like you've poured it. It's not even like a bad thing, but you just feel like you've poured everything out. You're totally exhausted. So she was so exhausted, she said she could barely stand up. But this is one Saturday, so she kind of go and rest and try and recover, and it was pretty. She just felt like the Holy Spirit said, just start praising just praise me right now. So she said, okay, she called the worship team back. She said, let's close now and let's take some time to praise God for his goodness. Let's take time to praise God for what he's done. And so the worship team came back and they just started praising God. And she started praising God. And she said, as she started to praise God, she started to feel this supernatural strength come back into her. Why? Because she made a decision to praise. And as she put on the garment of praise, even when she felt faint, even when she felt weak, because she put on the garment of praise, there was a strength that came into her life family God has called you to be strong God has called you to be strong and courageous God has called you to be strong in him and carry out great exploits but one of the ways that you will tap into and walk in that strength is through being a person of praise and one of the ways that we will cultivate a strength in us as a church family is we learn to be a people of praise irregardless of the circumstances the situations the challenges the battles around us you may have Goliath across the valley yelling at you telling you you're never going to make it you're never going to announce anything you're never going to be able to come through you're never going to have enough money you're never going to have enough wisdom or understanding but in the middle of that you just learn to praise God you put on the garment of praise and there is a supernatural strength that God gives to those who praise him that's why he's called us to be a people of praise everybody say praise the Lord Lord. one last verse here and then we're, we're going to get ready to wind this thing down Psalm 23 verse 3 says this yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel the King James Version might be a word that a lot of familiar with this verse is, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of your people. You ever heard someone say God inhabits the praises of his people? See, God is omnipresent. We understand this biblically. God's everywhere. You can't go somewhere that God's not. So then some people say, well, then why do we ask God to come if God's everywhere? Because there's a difference between God's omnipresence and his manifested presence. And his manifested presence is when he comes in power. But God manifests his presence in a place where he is welcomed. He manifests his presence in a place where there is hunger. He manifests his presence in places where there's holiness. He manifests his presence where he is invited. Uh, Picture it this way. I was thinking about this. Have you ever had to go somewhere where you're going into this group of people, maybe it was a dinner, a group meeting, something, you know, some kind of gathering, and you didn't know anybody? You ever know that awkward feeling when you like walk in and there's like all these people that seem to know each other and you don't know anybody? And have you ever had somebody who goes and looks and says, oh, hey, welcome. 
come, come, I've got a seat for you. Everybody, I want to introduce you. And it just kind of, it's a little awkward at first because you're just like, everybody's looking at me. But it just kind of breaks the ice and you're welcomed in. But how many of you have ever been in a place where you walk in and nobody even acknowledges you? And you're just like there and you're like, awkward. So you're like there, what do I do? So you're like, ah, I guess I should go introduce myself to people. So you're like, try, hi, I'm Brendan, hi. And you'd be like, hey, oh, nice to meet you. Okay, and it's like that. How many of you know it's totally different? Right? For people who go, hey, come, we've got a seat for you. Especially if you're the guest of honor. Everybody look, they're here. Versus people who just go, oh, yeah, okay. Let me ask you this. What kind of welcome did the Holy Spirit get from you today? If he came in today, because the Bible says we actually build a throne for him with our praises. See, when we learn to praise, it's like that person says, oh, hey, yeah, this is all for you. This is all about you. I'm going to build a throne with my praise. You are going to be enthroned in my praise. Welcome. You are the guest of honor. You are the point of why we're here. Versus if he comes in and we're just distracted and self-focused and focused on ourselves. What kind of welcome do we want God to have when we gather? How about you? But I want him to be enthroned in our praises. I want to be the kind of church that honors and welcomes him through the way we praise. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. It's interesting because God's presence, his fire, one of the pictures of his fire, God's presence always comes when he's invited and when there's a sacrifice. Look at Elijah's on Mount Carmel. They're going to decide which God is really God, Baal or the Lord God. And what does he do? He prepares an altar. And then he prepares a sacrifice. You see it with Abraham where he prepared a sacrifice. You see it with Solomon where he built the temple. And then they offered sacrifices. Worship God. Said, Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. And the fire came. The fire of God comes when there's sacrifice. What do you think in a New Testament 2022 context is the sacrifice that we bring to God? It's the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips giving thanks. It's the sacrifice of offering our lives to him holy and acceptable and one of the best ways to do that is just to be radical in the place of worship where you say God you are so good you are so holy you are so awesome you are so magnificent I don't care what I look like I don't care what people think about me I don't care what's happening around me right now because you are just that good and you are that awesome and I praise you today I lift you up even if things are hard in my life right now I bring a sacrifice of praise that's what gets God's attention so what happens in a church family where you've got the advanced moving party, you've got the majority of people coming with that heart? Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. So just in closing here really quickly, as we are people of praise, what are some enemies of our praise that we need to guard against? Number one, everybody say number one. We need to guard against pride. Pride is an enemy of praise in your life. Proverbs 29, 23 says, one's pride will bring him low. But he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Pride brings you low. But when you go low, God says, I'm bringing you honor. What stops most of us from really praising God? Many times it's our pride. I know that's what I battle with. Because I'm worried about me. I'm worried about how I look. I just don't feel like it today. Notice the center of all those decisions. Is it building the throne for him? No, it's me. And so often we miss out on so much because we let our pride get in the way. You know, we all have our stuff. And I know for myself, pride is one of the things I know I have to guard against. It's one of the things I know I have to keep an eye on in my life. 
And pride is not one of those things that you dealt with eight years ago at the altar at some service. And just, I dealt with pride. Good. Pride is a daily thing. It's kind of like taking a shower. You said, oh, yeah, I do showers. I had one three weeks ago. I mean, we'd all have a problem with that. <laughs> Great. I'm glad you had a shower three weeks ago. But how about today? How about yesterday? Because there's certain things that you need to stay connected with on a daily basis. Family, there's an element of pride. So when we are people of praise, it actually deals a blow to pride in our lives. Because we're saying, God, I'm lifting you up. God, I'm here for you. God, I'm not worried or thinking about what people think about me or how I look or trying to be cool or trying whatever whatever we want to say. I am here for you and I want to deal with that. And so one of the best ways to keep pride pushed down in your life is to be a praiser. Because I promise you, there's times where praising God is going to hit your pride. It's how praising God is going to push you outside of your comfort zones. But James 4 verse 6 says this, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't want God in opposition to me. Do you? I want to walk in humility. So let's deal with pride. Number two, and this is connected, is the fear of man. Again, why do most people not praise God with all their heart? Because they're worried about what somebody's going to think about them. I don't want to look like that. I want people to think that about me. I don't want to be one of those crazy, super spiritual people. I don't want this. I don't want to notice I, 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 I. But the Bible says the fear of man is a snare. But whose trust is the Lord will save. See, when we allow the fear of man in our lives, it actually, so many of us get stuck. And you don't know why you're stuck. You're stuck. Because let me read this verse to you. It said, for John 12, verse 43, For they love human praise more than the praise of God. May that not be said of any of us. I'm more concerned about what people think about me than what God thinks about me. Galatians 1 verse 10, Paul said this, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. See, there's a line that we need to cross with our praise. We say, this is not for people. This is for him. And he deserves it, and he is worth it, and I'm not going to have a grid of what will people think about me or how I look. So you know, last week at the end of first service, when we started, I mentioned you, Shirley, when Gloria started her Jericho march around there. Now, number one, because I knew what she was marching for. I knew the tragedy she'd been through over the last month or two with her son passing away. But I jumped right down there, and I got with her. Number one, because that's my sister in Christ, and I'm not going to let her do it alone. I'm going to get right through it. But that's not my personality. I hate that stuff. I don't want to march around the church and whatever. I don't want to do that stuff. But I'm I'm here to praise God. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was moving, so I want to move with Him. So we deal with the fear of man. Number three, if the team wants to come back, we need to deal with familiarity. This is a big one, guys. You know why a lot of us don't praise God? Because He's not big enough in our eyes. We don't see him as the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of gods, the creator of the universe, the one who holds everything together, the word of his power. We see him as a genie in the sky who gives us things if we ask nicely. And so we don't praise the genie because it's just about me and what I'm getting and what I'm not getting. But when we see him for who he is, he's worthy of praise. He's worthy of worship. He is so worthy no matter what's going on in my life, no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what's happening. He is good. He is holy. He is mind-blowingly awesome. I can never comprehend the depth of his greatness and his power and his majesty. And so I praise him because it's the most logical thing to do when that's how great he is. 
But if God has just become this little kind of figurehead and kind of this nice guy who makes my life a little better and just don't touch too much of my life, God, and all that, then you don't praise that kind of God. But when you understand how great and awesome and holy he is, it's the most logical thing in the world to praise him. May God no longer be small in our eyes. May we see the greatness of our God. That's why I think like when Chris Tomlin wrote that song, How Great Is Our God. Sing with me, How Great Is Our God. We all need a fresh revelation of the greatness of God. Because when we get that revelation, we can't help but cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's why in heaven there is constant praise. That's why the living creatures go around the throne and they cry out, Holy, holy, holy. I remember someone had a vision of heaven and he said the reason they keep crying out the song is every time around the throne they see a new facet of God's greatness that just blows their mind and they can't help but cry out holy and the elders can't help but take their crowns and cast their crowns down before the throne because that's how great our God is and we need to ask God help me to see you for who you really are high and lifted up instead of the genie in the sky who gives me what I want that doesn't elicit praise Or it does if we get exactly what we want. But if we didn't get what we wanted this week, we're just like, I ain't praising this week because I'm just not happy with where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like, guys, this is God. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. Lord. Well, I'm not hitting you guys too hard, am I? I'm not trying to hit you guys. I'm just excited about this. Number four, enemy, murmuring and complaining. Mike, you can roll with me for a sec here. I'll just say this real quick. Psalm 106, 25 says, They murmured in their tents, and they did not obey the voice of the Lord. I'll say it really simply this way. You can't praise and complain at the same time. And if we complain, and if we're given to complaining, it's going to rob us of praise. Learn to praise God. Learn to praise God in every situation, in every season, in every circumstance. And even if you feel like it's hard, you feel like complaining, you feel like things are just so difficult, make a commitment, I'm not going to complain, I'm going to praise. Why? Because complaining does nothing to release the power of God in your situation. Complaining does nothing to silence the enemy. Complaining does nothing in spiritual warfare. It actually opens the door to the enemy even more in your life. Make a decision, I'm not going to complain, but I'm going to learn to praise. And hear it, guys. Anybody can praise when it's easy and it's good and the money's there and everything's going good. But it takes that heart to say, I'm going to praise God no matter. This leads me to my last point. That the, the, what we got to war against is hope deferred and disappointment. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree life. You know why a lot of us struggle with praise? It's because it's hard and we're disappointed. And maybe there's some things in our life that aren't going the way we thought they were going to go. We thought it should go right and it went left. And there's a couple prayers that haven't been answered the way we want them to be answered yet. And so it's really hard for us to praise God because it's just hard in life right now. And things are difficult. But I want to encourage you if that's where you are today from Psalm 43 verse 5. Why most my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him my Savior and my God. Listen, there's going to be times you feel downcast. There's going to be times you feel discouraged. There's going to be times it's hard. Trust me, many times you've got to learn to talk to yourself in those situations and say, soul, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise God. Soul, I stir you up. Can somebody say stir it up? I love Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. It says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms 
and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Family, now this picture of a deer, we don't get it because we don't have those kind of deer here in North America. But what he's talking about, there's a type of deer in, the, in, in Israel. And they literally, it's incredible, they literally scale cliffs. And they literally go from one foothold to another foothold. It literally looks supernatural. There, You look at that cliff, you go, there's no way you could climb that. And yet these deer just gracefully fly across this cliff from foothold to foothold. This is what the Word of God says. Even when everything's going wrong, even when everything is hard, even when you don't feel it at all, learn to praise God in the middle of that situation. Learn to rejoice. And God says, I'll give you strength and I will make you one of those deers that no matter what the mountain is, you'll be able to climb it. No matter what the giant is, you'll be able to take him down. No matter what the situation is, you will be able to overcome. Why? Because you're a people of praise. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Even if it's hard. Even if you don't know what's going on. Even if life is difficult. Even if you feel like the enemy's got some shots in on you. Even if you don't feel like there's enough money. Even if that relationship hasn't come the way you want it to come yet. Whatever is going on in your life, I want to encourage you. Learn to praise God. Overcome these enemies and watch what God does in your life. Come on, somebody say it with me. One last time. Praise the Lord. Come on. So we're going we're gonna to pray into this. We're going to praise this. So I want you to stand to your feet. And if your heart is to say, God, we want to go deeper in praise. And maybe you recognize there's some of those enemies that have been hitting you in the area of praise. Maybe it's been pride. Maybe it's been fear of man. Maybe it has been... Uh, I preach myself, I don't remember my points. Maybe it's been uh, familiarity with God. Maybe it's been murmuring and complaining. Maybe it's been hope deferred or disappointment. Today is that day to lay that at the altar and say, God, no more. Say no more. Say, I'm going to be a person of praise. I'm going to praise you in every season. I'm going to praise you in every circumstance. I'm going to praise you in every situation. I'm going to praise you in every challenge, not because of what's going on, but because you're good and because you're going to lead me into victory and because your love for me and your faithfulness is there for me. And you just learn to praise him. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, let's just lift our hands. I pray over every person in this place. God, I thank you for a spirit of praise and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God, I thank you for a garment of praise that overcomes where we feel weak and where we feel faint. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus as a church that we are going to go deeper in praise. God, that you're giving us a two-edged sword in our hand. God, that we're lifting you up in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you for this today, God. Come on. I want you out right now just in your own words. Let's start with that new song. You just start praising God. Start praying. You can declare a scripture. You can just begin to thank Thank him for his goodness. Whatever's by want you just to come on, family. This is where we grow in it and we move in. We lean in. Yes, God, you are good. And we praise you. We praise you. I'm gonna dismiss in just a moment, but I want us to take a few moments to respond in praise. I'll turn it over to Miranda.
You can be trusted in all of your ways. 